Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. Amazing this morning, why don't you go ahead and take your seats. Man, I'm so grateful that you have decided to come out to church today when instead you could be doing other things like your lawn and doing your garden and washing the car, but instead you have chosen to prioritise the house of God. And man, I'm so glad that you are here with us today. And also for everyone that's joining us online, you're just as much part of the family, but seriously, get out of the pyjamas, get into church. We're gonna be jumping into part two of our current series, Saving the Nation, in just a moment, which really is a series where we've been picking some nation words and we're going to look at certain nation words that we either need to avoid or add into our life. And today, we're gonna be talking about one particular nation word that is so critical for your faith in Jesus. We're going to be talking about a nation word that if you don't have this active and applying in your life, you're going to find following Jesus an incredibly difficult thing to do. One of the things that I'm always mindful of every single time we meet as a church family is just how that when you consider the fact that, you know, at the moment we have just two services running, but like there's just hundreds of people that are connected into the life of church every single Sunday in the room and online, the chances are really high that, that some of you are just going through stuff. And the stuff that you're going through is gonna be different to that of your neighbour. It's gonna be different to that of the person in front of you and behind you. But every single one of you knows exactly what it's like to go through stuff. Some of you have got family issues going on at home. That's the backdrop. That's the context of your life. That's how you've ended up being in church today because for you, it feels like even staying at home just seems so abrasive. You just can't do it. For others of you, you've got financial pressure and it's serious. It's a big deal. It's keeping you awake at night. You're worrying about it. You're anxious about it. For some of you, the stuff that you're dealing with is health. Like you've got something going on, right? And it is robbing you of your peace and it's robbing you of your joy. And you're going through all of this stuff. And at the same time as you're going through the stuff, you know that it's the stuff that is highly likely to make you feel spiritually weak. So the question that I wanna look at today is simply this. How do you stay spiritually strong when you actually feel spiritually weak? I think that there is a spiritual quality that you need in your life, and it's a nation word. It's a spiritual quality that if you have this nation word active and applicable in your world, it gives you a greater degree of impact in every area of your life. You're more effective. You're more effective, you're more efficient. You're a better person in work. You're better to be around. You have a greater degree of ministry impact. You have a greater degree of spiritual impact. It has a greater degree of physical impact when you apply this nation word. And this quality, this one nation word that we're talking about today, the background of which is one that you don't need to have the perfect background to be able to apply this word. In fact, you don't really need to have any prerequisites going on in your life at all to be able to apply this nation word. Because today, we're gonna be talking about adding to your life 
the spiritual quality of determination. Adding determination and consistency to your spiritual life so that when you feel spiritually weak, you can be made spiritually strong. And in a moment, we are gonna pray. But I just wanna speak to those of you who are a little bit freaked out already because you're like, you wanna speak about determination and consistency and you know you. And right now you're sat there and you're feeling like I am the most inconsistent person I know. I am the least determined person I've ever come across. Like you're the guy, you're the girl and you start things and you never finish them. You join the gym, but by the end of February, you've already checked out. You start the healthy eating plan, but you just can't follow it through. And already you're feeling like, man, there's nothing that you can say that's gonna help me. I am the most inconsistent of them all. Well, here's the bottom line. If you feel a little bit like that today, I want you to be encouraged by the same thing that's encouraged me today. And that's that when you read through Scripture, you can find characters who are just like you, who exhibit the same spiritual character traits that you encompass too. And actually, I'm always encouraged by one of our great leaders in our faith who's found in the New Testament because he was a significant author of the New Testament, but he was somebody that actually really struggled in being determined and consistent in certain areas of his life. He, sometimes he just lost focus. Sometimes he just wasn't able to stay on track. And his name was Paul and he was a, an apostle and he wrote this about himself. Now, how many of us can relate to, well, this is me too. Because in uh, Romans 7, the apostle Paul writes this. He says, I don't really understand myself. Anybody ever felt like that? Like you don't really understand yourself? Well, Paul felt like that too. And he goes on to say this. He says, I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right. In other words, he has a picture in his mind's eye of exactly how he wants to be, but I don't do it. <laughs> is that me right now? Like I can see how I wanna be, but I don't do that. And then he goes on and he says this, instead, I do what I hate to do. Another translation puts it like this. He says, why is it that I don't do the things that I want to do and the things that I want to do, I just don't seem able to do it. He struggled with sometimes being determined and consistent. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm asking today that your Holy Spirit would speak through these words that are inspired by you and your text would come to life in our lives. For those of us that maybe feel that we're somewhat inconsistent, that maybe feel that we're a little bit less determined than we would like to be, God, I pray that today that you would give us hope, that you would give us hope in the dark, that you would see to it that we would have added to our spiritual journey and life this quality of determination and consistency. And we ask this all in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I feel like today I have made it. And I've never really felt like this before. Now, normally what happens is I'll come up and I'll have an idea. I'll have a, an idea of a talk, a conversation that we can have, just me and you. And um, I've always in the past, perhaps sometimes by 
as a result of some things that people have said, but I've always felt a little bit inferior when it comes to being a communicator or a preacher. Because at the end of the day, no matter what modern term you want to kind of wrap this in, communicator, call it a talk, call it a message, the bottom line is this is preaching. It's where we take God's work and we talk about it so we can all follow Jesus just a little bit better. That's what we do. And I've always felt like I'm just not like, you know, the people that you watch online. Like, I'm just not able to do it like, and you can fill in the blank. Well, today, I'm just going to let you know, like, I feel like I've made it today. And the real why I feel like I've made it today is because I, for the first time, because apparently this is a thing in Preacherville, this is a thing in Preacher World, that you need to have messages that are so succinct that you have, like, every point that begins with the same letter. And if you can do that, you've nailed it. So I want to let you know today that I have got a message that really is relating to four Ds. I'm going to speak to you about determination through the life of Daniel, who was challenged by King Darius, and then we're going to explore the life of David. Determination, Daniel, Darius, and David. Yes, which technically means that you have got a double, double D message coming at you. So I don't know where this is going to go, okay? Now, the front row is just going like, yeah, he's done it again. He's... You're probably not going to see him next week, so I just want to let you guys know it's been an honour and a privilege. (laughs) You know, as followers of Jesus, all jokes aside, it's the decisions that we make that determine the direction of our life. The direction of our life is always determined by the quality of our decisions. We make our decisions and our decisions make us. I think that you don't even need to be in church world to be able to understand that. And I think that what today's conversation is really about, it's about helping you decide to be determined ahead of the time in which you might need to be determined. Today's conversation is really about giving you the tools so you can be determined and consistent before the time has arisen that you actually need to be determined and consistent. Because if you can learn this before you need it, when something arises in your life that you actually need to be determined and you need to stick at it and you need to plow through and you need not to quit, you're already gonna have the tools in the box of your life to know how to do it. Because actually, if we ask the question, what does being determined, why does being determined and consistent matter? I think that the reality from a worldly perspective, before we jump into the uh, scriptural side of things, what we all know is this, is that successful people do consistently what you and I often only do occasionally. That right there is the strength of being determined and consistent. Successful people do over and over and over again what other people only do now and then. You know, I love being in church, and one of the reasons why I absolutely love it is I love the work that our band put in. And you know what? I'm so excited because I don't even know whether you've seen this on social media because I don't even know how this has happened, really. But in just a couple of weeks' time, we released our first ever song called Promises to Me. And you can download it on Spotify. In fact, you can... You can go into a Slack app if you're a volunteer in church and you can pre-save the download. But, but here's the bottom line. Like, that's such an exciting project. But sometimes I think, like, how on earth did we get there? Because it was only just a few years ago that we were all just meeting in a living room, literally just praying. There was none of this. 
But one of the things that I think about when I think about our band is why is it that they're so brilliant at being able to do what they do on a Sunday and lead us into the very presence of God? It's because I think that they do what a lot of other bands do not do. I think that they are willing to come in and really put in the hours, not the minutes, the hours, like every single Wednesday night, all of our teams, creatives, techs, band, they all come in and they all get ready for a Sunday because they're not willing to leave it to chance. And here's the difference. You can be great once, but it's very hard to be good week in, week out over a long period of time. You only get to be that if you're willing to practice and rehearse and go over it and check it again and try it again over and over and over and over again. That's what it looks like to be determined, to be consistent. But scripturally, why does being determined and consistent matter? You know, if we were to consider one of the Old Testament characters in the life of Daniel, what we find is that the spiritual attributes that he employed in his life really were the making of his entire life. What we find about Daniel is that he was one of the most consistent and determined characters that we really know about. In fact, when we consider all of Scripture, he's right up there. Now, Daniel... You find his story in the Old Testament because it all borders around a context that takes place about 605 years BC. And 18 years after that, the evil Babylonians had taken over the kingdom of Israel. They were cruel and they were harsh. And they figured that one of the best ways that they could almost like hurt their enemy, the Israelites, in a way that would be the most painful would be for them to kidnap all of their young boys. So their young, intelligent, intellectual boys who were round about the age of 12, they were all taken by the Babylonians because it wasn't so that they could be enslaved. It's like the double-edged sword. It, was only, it wasn't only bad enough that they ended up being enslaved, but what they were planning on doing was using all of their smart, intelligent Jewish boys to become the next round of leaders in the nation of Babylon. So they were planning on using everything that the Jewish people had known and learned and integrating it into their Babylonian society. So they would all be kidnapped so that they could become the future leaders. But of all those that were kidnapped and all of those that were taken captive, what we find about Daniel is there was something about Daniel that made him stand out to King Darius. Because in the eyes of Darius, Daniel was special. There was something about Daniel and the way that he was. He displayed an unusual degree of consistency. Daniel had a determined factor about him that was second to none in the entire kingdom. It's easy to be great once, but it's hard to be good consistently over time. Daniel was proving to Darius that he could be good over time. Now, Darius wanted to promote Daniel. Darius, who was the king and he was really the ruler and typically what he said would go, he wanted to promote Daniel, but this caused a problem. It caused immense opposition for Daniel. And it's understandable when you look into it. The reason why everybody else hated Daniel, although the king loved Daniel, was because everybody else recognized that Daniel really was the standout leader. He was the guy that could get something done. He just had a way about him. He was highly relatable. He was highly intelligent. He had a way about him that he just knew how to lead people. And they knew 
meaning the other Babylonian men, they knew that if Daniel was not dealt with, then Daniel would one day be their ruler. Daniel would one day be the guy that takes their jobs away from that. So what did they do? They started this smear campaign. So like they went on YouTube, they went on Facebook and they started putting out all of these lies about Daniel. They went scraping through all of his rubbish and his bins and they tried to see like, is there any dirt that we can get on Daniel? They would speak to his ex-girlfriend, they would speak to his bus driver who took him to school when he was a kid and they would be like, hey, did Daniel ever do anything naughty? Can we pin something on Daniel? Can we find something out really negative about Daniel that will really smear his character? And this would go on. I mean, they were looking at his social media posts from seven years ago just to see, did he ever do anything that was a little bit dubious and a little bit questionable? And in Daniel 6, verse 4, it starts to recount the story. It says, Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful always responsible and completely trustworthy. Faithful, responsible, and completely trustworthy. Hey, here's just a side note. If you're not in the place in work or maybe even in church right now that you feel you should be, I promise you it's possibly because there is one of these factors missing from your life. Like you might be able to be absolutely amazing at being faithful and responsible. Like you turn up on time and you know how to get the job done, but the people around you don't trust you. You have a trust issue. And what Daniel was displayed, demonstrating here is that he knew how to be faithful, responsible, and trustworthy. These are the best attributes for you to have. If you wanna be a leader in your workplace, in the church place, in your social space, wherever you are, if you want to be a leader, just make sure that you're faithful, responsible and trustworthy and make sure that that's what other people think about you. You can't just be faithful, responsible and trustworthy in your own eyes. Be faithful and responsible and trustworthy in the eyes of those that are around you. So in the story, these guys went to the king after trying to find all the dirt about Daniel and they realized that they found absolutely nothing. And they came up with this plan. And the plan was really to try and trap Daniel. And what they said to the king uh, was this, hey, Darius, how about we set up a new decree? It's going to kind of be honoring to you. And we're going to set up a new law, a new rule. If anybody prays to any other God apart from you, if anybody worships anybody else, then what we should do is we should throw them into the lion's den. And to Darius, I mean, he was an egotistical kind of guy. He thought, well, this sounds like a great idea. I like the way you're thinking, guys. I like the way that this is going to Bring me accolades and more glory. Let's go with it. So these other Babylonian men put into place this decree that in essence banished Daniel or any other Israelite praying to the God of Israel. Now, what do you think Daniel did? Who was determined and consistent? Daniel, this is the man that was faithful, responsible and trustworthy. Well, the scriptures tell us. Daniel 6 verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down in his usual place upstairs with its window open toward Jerusalem. He prayed there three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. 
So what did Daniel do when the decree was given? I'll tell you exactly what he did. He remained determined and consistent. He remained faithful, he remained responsible, and he remained trustworthy. He got on his knees, and three times a day, with his window open, he would pray to God, and he would give thanks to the Lord. Even though it was something that the law of the land said he shouldn't be doing, Daniel was determined, and he was consistent that he wasn't gonna let anything get in his way, and three times a day, He dropped to his knees to pray and acknowledge God. But as we now know, for some of you who would be aware of the story, the leaders found out about this. The other Babylonian men, they all started to freak out about this because Daniel had done the very thing that they were hoping he'd done because they had disobeyed the order of the king. And the king wasn't happy about this, but he had to stand by his word because he'd signed the decree. So the king ordered it that Daniel be thrown into the den of a lion. I mean, isn't that just crazy? Imminent destruction is facing Daniel. I mean, this guy is literally about to be killed. He's gonna lose everything he's had. Daniel is about to be destroyed. But it tells us in the story that God sent an angel who closed the mouth of the lion. And in Daniel 6.23, the story recounts this. When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. No wound on Daniel was found because he had been determined, he had been consistent, he had been faithful and responsible in trusting God. Even though everybody else around him was conspiring against him, Daniel could be found trusting in God. So my question is this, Where was it that Daniel learned to trust in God? Because sometimes we can read stories like this and we kind of think, oh wow, this must have been one of those moments where Daniel had been thrown into the lion's den and now all of a sudden in that moment, Daniel cried out upon the name of the Lord because he was like, God, help me. Like there's a great big lion. You think that maybe that's the time or the place where he'd learned the art of trusting in God? Well, I don't think it was that at all. I think that Daniel had learned the art of trusting in God on all of those occasions where he'd been determined and consistent to fall to his knees and give thanks and pray and be communicative to a God in heaven. That's where Daniel learned how to trust. So why are we so inconsistent and less determined in our faith life? Why can't we sometimes be as consistent and determined as the likes of Daniel? Well, I think that it's often because we don't do the same things that spiritually strong people did. When we look into the life of the spiritually strong, like that of Daniel, what we realize is that we don't do the same things that they do. So those that are spiritually strong ended up spiritually strong because they did a number of things consistently, whereas we only do them occasionally. So Daniel became spiritually strong because he was committed to praying to God three times a day. And yet we wonder why we feel spiritually weak when we're going through a something. It's oftentimes because we just don't do the same things that the spiritually strong do. So how can we improve or increase our determination and our, consist- our consistency? How can we improve this in our life in general terms, but also in spiritual terms. I'm gonna give you three quick things. If you wanna be more determined in your relationship with God, or if you wanna be more consistent in any area of your life, you're going to need to understand these three things, and then we're gonna break them down. 
First, you need to understand that you need to start with the why. Secondly, you have to plan to fail. And thirdly, you have to fall in love with the process. And now I'm going to break them down and I'm going to give you exactly what these mean. So the first thing, you have to start with why. Why was it that Daniel prayed so consistently? It wasn't like he prayed in the way that the New Testament's teachers that the Pharisees would pray. The Pharisees were the religious leaders and they would stand on the corners of every street and they would do it so that other people would give them accolades and applause. They would pray in public so other people would think about them. Wow, how smart and intelligent and religious are they? But that wasn't the reason why Daniel was praying. Daniel chose to pray three times a day and get on his knees because he was devoted to God. Daniel understood his reason why he became dedicated and consistent and determined. It's because he was devoted to God. He wasn't in it for any other reason. It's devotion that I think is the real reason why most New Year's resolutions fail and they don't work. It's because you can have a great idea, but you're not really all that devoted to it. And here's the reason how I know that you're not devoted to it, because it's the same reason that I'm not devoted to it. If you have to wait to change something in your life until New Year before you make a resolution, I promise you, it's not that important to you. You're not ever going to be devoted to that, because if you were, you would make a change imminently. That's why on the 1st of January, when you decide you're going to cut out all of the snacks, the chocolate, the high sugar, and all the stuff, that's why after two weeks, you're back sneaking through the cupboards and you're hunting for the chocolate, and then you're hunting for the chocolate cereal, and then you're looking for the chocolate spread to pour on your chocolate cereal because you've had serious amount of time without any chocolate, and it only lasts two weeks. It's because you haven't understood the real reason why. It's been an idea, but you're not really devoted to it. You don't understand the why in the same way that if a doctor sat you down and said, hey, listen, if you don't lose some weight in the next three months, then chances are you're going to die. You're going to have a reason why. And you're going to be devoted to leaving the chocolate behind and leaving all of the sugary drinks. You're going to be devoted to it in the same way that if a doctor sits you down and says, if you don't stop smoking, then in six months' time, you're going to be dead. You're not going to put that off until New Year. You're not going to wait. You know what? I'll think about doing that on the 1st of January. You're going to literally go home and you're going to set the cigarettes on fire. I don't really know what that would do in your house, but you're going to set them on fire. You're going to get rid of the cigarettes. So if you want to become more determined and consistent, you have to understand the why. You have to understand the why behind why you want to lose some body weight. So if you make a decision that you want to be determined and consistent, understand your why. So when you decide to lose a little bit of weight, even though you're not feeling great right now, even though your self-esteem is on the floor, even though you have zero confidence about your body shape right now, even though you feel uncomfortable, you don't feel sexy anymore, and it's just stripping you of all your confidence, you've got to understand, actually, I'm not going to lose some weight just so I can wear the jeans again. I'm going to lose some weight because that's the real version of me. That's the better version of me. I felt better. I felt like I could live life to the full. I could maximize all of my time. I didn't get tired as much. You're going to understand the real reason why to void your life of all the negative emotions that come with carrying the excess weight. You have to understand the why. Or, you know, if you're in a marriage 
and you feel like your marriage is just on the rocks and you're like, man, he's a jerk and she's a beep beep and you can fill in the blank and you're just clashing and you're not getting on. Let me tell you, the moment that you understand why you should work at your marriage, it's not so you can just have better sex. It's not so you can just be better communicatively with one another. If you understand the why so that you can do life with someone that you actually want to do life with and everything feels fun and easy and flowy and you enjoy your time together and you also get to demonstrate to your children the future generation of what a healthy marriage looks like, when you understand the why, it makes working at your marriage so much easier because it's not about having the perfect marriage, it's about having a healthy marriage. And if you can understand the why, it makes everything so much easier. Because devotion was what drove Daniel to his knees. And if you want to be more determined, and if you want to be more consistent, you have to understand the reason why you want to be that. Why do you want a relationship with God? Like if you only want to have a relationship with God so that it pleases a parent, or it pleases a family member, it's never going to sustain you. You're not going to be determined and consistent in that. But the moment that you realize and you understand for yourself that you were made by God, for God, and for his glory, and that your physical being can be used as a tool to serve people and the world and God through you would show of himself through your character and your actions. When you understand the why, it makes following Jesus so much more easier because you're devoted. The second thing, though, that you've got to do is you have to plan to fail. You have to plan to not be perfect. We know from Scripture that Daniel planned to pray three times a day. But I have a suspicion. And I have a suspicion because Daniel was the same as you and I. He was a real person. He was a human being. He had a job. He had a boss in King Darius. I suspect that there were days that even though Daniel planned to pray three times a day, that maybe he got the phone call from the boss and it was like, hey, Daniel, Darius here. The thing is, Tony's gone sick, so you're gonna do the late shift. You're gonna be here three hours extra. And that meant that Daniel probably wasn't able to do the three times, fall into his knees praying to God. Maybe he only got there once that day. Maybe he only got there twice. But I think that it's a very real assumption for us to make that even though he planned to pray three times a day, perhaps not every day was he practically able to do it because he lived in a very real world, just like we do. So why are we inconsistent? Often it's because we don't allow ourselves any grace to fail. You know, like when you choose to go on the diet and then you have the bad day and you hit the the chocolate thing with the chocolate cereal and the chocolate spread on top of the cereal, and you have that day, you feel like, well, there's no point anymore. I've just put on three stone, you know, and even though you've had like, I don't know, 500 calories or something, but we throw the baby out with the bathwater because we don't plan to fail. And there's gonna be days where you're not gonna hit the goal. There's gonna be days where you're not gonna hit the mark. Even in following Jesus, when it comes to our spiritual life, there are gonna be days when you drop the ball. Just don't do what we're all tempted on doing, which is when you drop the ball, you think, well, what's the point? God could never love me. God would never want anything to do with me. No, 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 it's not a problem to miss a day. Just make sure you don't miss two. Well, God would never love me. I don't read my Bible every single day. Hey, it's not a problem to miss a day. Just don't miss two. Plan to not be perfect, plan to fail. And then the third thing that you've got to do is you've got to fall in love with the process. 
You're not successful when you achieve your goal in the future. You're successful on the day that you determine in your heart that that is the direction that your life is heading towards. Think about it like this. A lot of people give up on repaying credit card debt. They can have an 8,000 pound balance and just feel totally overwhelmed by it. And they give up on repaying the 8,000 balance because they make a couple of payments for a couple of months and then it feels to them like they're just not chipping away at it enough. And they look at that and say about themselves, I would be successful when I've cleared the balance from 8K to zero. I don't think that's true at all. I think that you are successful on the day that your paycheck comes in and you decide I'm gonna honor God and then I'm gonna pay my bills. And on that day, even though you've got an outstanding balance of 8,000, you write the check for 200. You make the online transaction for 200. And if you do that day in, day out, month in, month out, on every single paycheck, eventually you're going to get yourself out of debt. You've got to start to fall in love with the process and not just look at the goal as being the point at which we can say about it, we have won, we have succeeded. Because I think that's what Daniel did. I think that that's the the missing piece of Daniel's life that we don't always acknowledge and pick up on. We fail to see sometimes that Daniel must have loved the process because when Daniel was set free from the den in the lion, we look at that moment as the glory moment, as the good moment, as the big moment. But actually, that day was only made possible because he had determined in his heart to love the process. Every single day, he was going to choose to do something that nobody else was doing. That's how he ended up successful. That's how he ended up with a strong spiritual life because he was doing it very regularly what other people were either not doing or only doing occasionally. And the Scriptures tell us, doesn't it? It tells us in the Word that he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room and he prayed three times a day. And it's interesting that when the decree was given, that Daniel should be thrown into the lion's den, that Daniel remained consistent and determined between the gap. Between the gap of the decree and the den, the Scriptures tell us that Daniel, every single day, he would come home from the palace and he would get on his knees and he would make himself small before an almighty God and he would give thanks to God for everything good that he's done in his life. And even though the world was around him, felt like it was chasing him and aggressively pursuing him, Daniel would remain small before God, which gave him a confidence to stand tall before men. And he would pray and he would say prayers. And we don't know the text, but perhaps it looked like this. God, I don't know what's gonna happen today. God, they're all chasing me and they're all pursuing me and I don't see how this is ever gonna work out. But God, I'm gonna trust in You. I don't know how this is gonna work out today, but I'm believing that with all of my heart, You're gonna do something, that You're gonna rescue me, that You're gonna save me. And I can't see Your hand moving, but I'm gonna trust in Your heart. And every single day, three times a day, Daniel would get on his knees. And sometimes you've gotta wonder, well, where did he learn that from? Daniel was in the bloodline of King David. And King David wrote in Psalm 34, 
He writes in this season of his life where he's between his version of the decree and the den, where he's being pursued. He feels the call of God on his life and he feels like nothing is good and Saul is trying to kill him and rob him and take everything good that God has given him away from him. Saul is trying to destroy David and yet the Scriptures recount that David writes and pens this word. He writes and pens this Psalm after the moment recounting exactly what he was doing in the moment. It tells us the secret source behind how David became spiritually strong in a season where he felt spiritually weak. And he writes this, he says that I sought the Lord. Now that word sought, it means to look for, it means to search for, it means to find. In other words, David was saying, I went looking for God. I went looking for the Lord, even though Saul's trying to kill me, even though everybody else is pursuing me, I'm looking for the Lord. And then he writes this, he says, and He heard. In other words, He's not a God that's distant, that doesn't know what's going on in our life. When you look for the Lord, He'll reveal Himself to you. When you look for God, you'll find Him. And then He goes on to say, and He answered me. So I looked and He heard and God answered me. And now Daniel is doing the same thing. He's on his knees and he's going, God, I don't know how you're gonna fix it. I don't know how you're gonna make this right. But I believe that if I look for you, I'm gonna find you and you're gonna hear me and you're gonna make this outright and you're gonna fix this for my good because he sought the Lord and he heard him and he answered. He said, I'm gonna seek God with all of my heart, with all of my being. And he heard me and he answered me. So my question to you today, church, is what area is there in your life today where God is calling and asking you to be more determined and to have a greater degree of consistency. Maybe for you, it's, it's just going home and it's loving Him again. <laughs> Maybe for you, it's going back to the teenage daughter and trying to figure that thing out, even though every time she speaks, she drives you crazy. Maybe for you, it's about being determined about getting on a financial plan and a budget. Maybe for you, it's about getting right in your relationship with God. Just saying, God, I've not got all the answers, but I'm gonna be determined. I'm gonna be consistent and I'm gonna look for you. Where does God want you to be more determined and more consistent so that you can be spiritually strong. Over what area of your life is there today that you need to sing over it? That I sought the Lord and He heard. I sought the Lord and He heard. I sought the Lord and He heard. What is there in your life? I sought the Lord. But you need to choose to seek God about. Who is there in your life that you need to seek God about? Because that's why I trust Him, because when I seek Him, He hears me and He answers. I sought the Lord. Church, why don't we stand? Why don't you sing to God this morning over the area of your life where you need to seek Him? Thanks for joining us today. 
We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.